What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, a quick note about ads from us, your hosts. We are picky about our advertisers and all of our partners or brands or products that we either use ourselves or that we think our audience would benefit from knowing about. Working with advertisers is what allows us to make this show, and they keep working with us because you, our listeners, use the unique links and codes they provide. It's one of the most meaningful ways to support what we do. So thanks for that. We're really, really grateful. If you're ever looking for a specific code, head to a thing or two hq.com slash sponsors, and you'll find them all. Okay, here's the show. deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will give you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. Claire, something I need to talk about briefly. 90s and like early aughts trends have been coming back for some time now, mm-hmm. but obviously we're just like in the like thick of it right Mm -hmm, now. Like, mm -hmm. it's just like, that is the style that is Mm -hmm. like what's happening. And as people who grew up during that moment, it's just Mm -hmm. like a weird time to try to get dressed. I mean, I think it was, maybe it was a year ago. I don't, I lost track of time at this point. The turning point for me and all women of born within, let's say three to five years of me was when those Steve Madden elastic slides came back. Correct. Correct. Last summer. That was like a last summer. Yeah. So it was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. But they still haven't done those weird like half boot things. Right. Don't. Why are you, why are you asking them <laughs> well, to? Well, because there Don't will be the something scene. weirdly satisfying for me about that. Because I'm like, why are you drawing, where to, why draw a line? Right. If we're going to bring back that stretching material, let's go all in. That is how I feel. And I loved those things. And I definitely wouldn't wear them again, but there would be something satisfying for me about seeing an old friend. It'd be like this. It'd be like when the, and just like that came out and everybody was like, well, uh, it was terrible, but it was fun to hang out with my old friend. So like, I enjoyed it. That's so why there was feel, like something satisfying. To yeah. Like, be like that person I haven't seen that old gal. Exactly. <laughs> like it was so nostalgic. It was so comforting to hang out with Carrie again and Charlotte and Carrie Miranda. is the stretchy pull on boots. Yeah. Carrie's those yeah. stretchy pull on boots, but I, I did eventually get the boots, but I really rode for the low cut ones. Those were my yeah. real things. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. Well, so I think what's interesting is that because all of these trends are out there and there's not a whole lot else to choose from, it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point in terms of like things that feel like fun and exciting and new, yeah. you know, it's just been interesting for me to think about what things I'm drawn to the second time around mm-hmm. and and if mm-hmm. I can like analyze that in any way. For example, I jumped on the wide leg like pant thing mm-hmm. like very quickly 
help me draw a distinction because I feel like there was like the sailor pant wide leg thing that's been around for a while. Mm, but like then the there's like pant. the Jenko. Yeah. 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 Th- this is definitely the Jenko. Not yeah. a, not like the, hi- not like a, yeah, not a sailor. What pant. did you call it? A cam pant? A cam pant, a Jesse cam pant. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That was the sailor. Yes. That was yes. the sailor. But this is like a Jenko. And so basically like the big difference well, you wear a high-waisted version of this, right? It's not low-waisted. Yeah, or like mid. It's probably okay. mid-rise. Okay, um, but there's no sort of like tight-fitting hip. It just goes straight out. Correct. Okay. Correct. And it's definitely wider than a camp pant. Than a camp pant. Yeah, and, and not, it's not cropped. Cro- not cropped. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I was surprised by how quickly I was willing to get on board with this. And I don't like know why. And maybe like partially the sailor pant was like an entree into that. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just that like I didn't go that hard at it the first go round. And some part of me still wants to be an Ali and Brulia or something. Like, I don't know. You had an opportunity. I had an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it was just, yeah, thinking about like, what are the other things that, you know, I've been seeing carpenter pants that Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute in a way that surprises me, like just really surprises me. The thing that I had a realization about actually just really recently, like the other day, I looked at a picture of Olivia Rodrigo on on tour and she was wearing something that was like, it looked like a costume to me. And I realized that for a certain type of dresser who it's most easy for me to categorize by age, like a sort of Gen Zer, yeah, who's embracing this trend, it almost feels more just like how 90s can I be, which is actually how I remember treating the 70s when we were in junior high of being Uh like, uh it doesn't uh even, it's like less about the style and more about like how directly referential can I be? And Uh that is how this outfit that Olivia Rodrigo was wearing felt to me. It felt like it was just like the novelty of it was how it looked exactly like something that Christina Aguilera would have worn or, you know, whoever her. Right. It's like not just a tie-dye t-shirt. It's like a Led Zeppelin tie-dye t-shirt. Right. Or like in this case, it was a lavender sort of like shiny nylon wavy cutouts jumpsuit situation. And I was just like, to me, it doesn't even look, it's not even like interesting fashion. It's just a costume, but which is fine. Yeah. I love Olivia It's like spirit week. It's like spirit week. It's exactly like spirit week. And what I realized is that like, for me, I I can get behind some of the stuff that feels derivative, but I can't do it if it feels directly referential or just a replica of the thing. Yes, 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 yes. The thing I feel like I was dragging my feet on for the last couple of years was like the platform Mm -hmm. in general, because I like loved a platform, you know, like I'm 5'4". So a platform was a very like core, a core thing in that day. And I don't know why it was just like, no, I've done this. And I remember Mm -hmm. that like the brief period of time when I worked at Lucky Magazine, Kim France, when she was editor in chief saying that like, if she like did the trend the first time around, she like couldn't do it again. Mm -hmm. It was like one and done. And I was like, maybe that's what I am with a platform. But then I bought a pair of platform fisherman sandals recently and I was like reminded of like why a platform is great right like oh right it's like super comfortable it's like way better than like the little flat you know sandals we've been wearing for the last however many summers true right like I there's mean, actual and, support well a fisherman sandal is the way to go because the thing that sort of muscle memory that reactivates the the feeling sensation that reactivates uh. when I think about a platform is the like falling off of it you know, this uh-huh, sort of like uh-huh. ankle this twist. Stilt. Yeah, yes. totally. Which I bought a pair of platform high heels recently, which I just haven't bought a heel no. period in a really mm-hmm. long time. And I put it on and I was like, yep, that could happen. Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think a fisherman sandal is the way to go because you're, it's, it's keeping you in. It's got a cage. That's right. That's its whole thing. It's a yeah, cage. Exactly. Yep. What are the things that you're like, just really not interested in exploring? I mean, I like, I think your point about just the direct references being no, like a, a, yeah. st- a step too far. You know, I will say, 
I'm not gravitating towards lavender. Uh, and I don't like purple much in general, although I would put lavender in a separate category from the purple that I dislike. Nice of you. That's nice of you. But I, I did embrace lavender in a big way. I wore lavender to my eighth grade formal. Same, Claire. Same. I, I'm not opposed to doing it again. Interesting. Like, I feel like it would pair well with your color palette. Or like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I yeah. saw the right piece and it happened yeah. to be in a shade of lavender, I think I'd do it. I don't think I could do like a full dress, but I think I would do a lavender. What am I not going to do? You know, I'm not going to do the elastic shoes, but I don't uh-huh. hate it for, I'm uh-huh. happy for somebody else to do it. It was, it was a classic for a reason. It was incredibly comfortable and it went with everything. Totally. Totally. I did totally. appreciate the minimal sort of vibes of it. And I still do. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm just not going to do anything super nineties costume. I'm definitely not going to do a tube top. Well, I'm not going to say definitely. Maybe See, it could happen. Here we go. It's just hard. It's hard. Well, it's hard. I'm not going to do a, cr- a belly top. Yeah. I'm not going to show my midriff. How about that? You're not going to do a belly top. I'm not yeah. going to do a corset of yeah. like the Jessica McClintock or the Fergie variety, mm-hmm. which feel like the two, the two yeah. cornerstone looks of yeah. the 90s or like early aughts. I mean, I feel like the thing that I, when I see it, I'm like, this just feels like so another time is the Miu Miu khaki low rise mini skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I can't look at that and not picture the Abercrombie torn skirt yes. that people that was like a freshman year of college frat party staple. So this is the thing. I feel like I'm definitely not going to do that. But could I see myself in something that like vaguely referenced that that was a longer garment? Yes. I wouldn't be shocked. Like I like a drop waist and it's kind of a drop waist in its way. Yeah. <laughs> in its way. With, it's like a drop waist with no pants. And I love a pleat. So I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I'm not going to wear that one. But I could I could see it happening. I will not do a trucker hat. I didn't do a trucker hat the first time around. The only trucker hat I ever wore is very disappointing because there's an iconic photo of me in it that makes it look like I wore. You know what I'm thinking of, right? Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. of you and I in Union Square. What were we in like, what was that noodle restaurant? Is that where we were? Or Heartland Brewery. We were Heartland Brewery. Heartland Brewery. <laughs> in Union Square in 2004. Buy coffee shop bar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. In 2004 when you did Road Trip Nation and you brought me a Road Trip Nation hat and it's a great photo, but I am wearing a trucker hat and it really bothers me because it implicates me in the trend despite the fact I think I only wore it for that meal. I understand. And, you know, Haley Bieber was just recently pictured in a bright green trucker hat turned backwards and it could have been the same hat you wore. Like Claire, <laughs> she could have, she could have like picked it up at a Goodwill. That's, the, it was the same color. It was, it was the it same was. exact color. I want to hear from other people about this. Yes. I want voicemails. Tell mm-hmm. us, what are you embracing? What are you rejecting? Please, 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 please. Thank you so much to Pillsbury for sponsoring today's episode. You know what I think is under discussed when people talk about the stress of back to school, the stress and the joy, I should say. Yeah, that's is, kind of you. That's kind of you. <laughs> that during the summer, you get real loosey-goosey about your evenings. You're like, oh, we can stay up a little later. Who cares if you're tired at camp tomorrow? Or like camp always starts a little later at night. Anyways, you're like, yeah, let's just like eat pizza outside. Maybe we'll walk and get an ice cream cone. Who knows? And then bam, school starts and we're all getting up at the crack of dawn. And then dinner time is condensed into this little moment where your kid is cranky and you are exhausted. And you're like, okay, I just have to get something on the table quickly, get you bathed and in bed. It changes everything. And I do have to say anything that makes that easier for me, I am in for including Pillsbury Crescent Rolls, which are incredible because they're basically a croissant that you can just add anything to and call it dinner. Cameron loves a croissant. 
He's also a picky it's eater. Strong it, marketing. It's strong uh, marketing. Thank you. You can put anything you want in there and it makes it a weeknight dinner recipe. And truly, like the sky's the limit, including anything your child does not want to eat. You just hide it in there. They'll never know. You just make it really tiny inside and then roll, <laughs> roll, 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 roll. They'll it's, never know. It's a collaboration between the crescent roll and the food processor, is what you're saying. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, and if your child is culinary themselves, they can help. You know, and if they're not, not you can, they can still shove some stuff in there for you, um, and distract themselves. You can be as transparent about it as you'd like with your child. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, there are all kinds of ideas for recipes at pillsbury.com. Lots of stuff that is like dinner prep in 30 minutes or less. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com. Hi, I'm Sif Hyder, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. Remember to subscribe. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. So see you then. We're also going to talk about travel planning and how we do it. Yeah. Oh my God. I, we've been taught, you know, we talked about packing and just like this feeling of like, how, like, how do you do this again? Like, how do you step back? And like, what is it like being in an airport? Like, how Mm -hmm. is that experience? (laughs) Like all of those things. But this time it's about the actual planning of the vacation. Like we we're not really going to get into how to choose where to go. No. Because that's a separate thing. No. But the sort of once you've decided on where to go, where are you staying? Where are you going? How are you mapping things out? How are you preparing for the best possible scenario? I feel like I used to spend a lot more time on it. And I've gotten to a point now where I'm like, I got to put all the pieces into play and then I'll sort of deal with it when I get there. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. The thing that really spoke to me about this recently, um, Val Monroe's newsletter, How Not to Fuck Up Your Face, which, you know, she's been a guest on the podcast. We Mm -hmm. love her so much. Her son and daughter-in-law and granddaughter live in Japan and she was going for the first time since the pandemic. And this line was just so good. I feel like one of those toddlers on the Japanese show old enough leaving home for the first time with only a shopping list and a vague sense of where I'm going and what I'm supposed to be doing. I do think that's typically how I set out. Yeah. I've, you, I've always got the shopping list. But and the rest I, of it all just feels like, well, let's see. Yeah. And I have, I have more than a vague sense of where I'm going because I always put way too much time into picking out the hotel or Airbnb. Yes. Like it's yes. like the analogy I always used to use about trying to decide whether or not to have a kid was like, I am someone who like researches so grossly extensively where I'm going to stay on vacation, which is like only somewhat consequential. And yet you're asking me to make this like insanely life, insanely consequential lifelong decision. About Even more a kid. consequential decision. And Even I can't more. research it on Instagram. Like <laughs> what? I can't cross-reference 13 different websites and six different accounts and then like go to the Well, you can. Pages. It's just not going to do anything for you. No, exactly. <laughs> but the hotel sites I do and the hotel and the Airbnb and all of that, I send, I spend a sick amount of time on. And I always in the back of my head, I'm thinking about that article that we talked a lo- about a long time ago. What It was like about people who spend too long, like questioning their decisions and how mm. the right approach is just to like, know what, know what good enough is and settle with good enough. Do you remember yeah. this article? Yes. We talked yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm always telling myself, Claire, you got to just like decide something's good enough and let it go. But I can't, I just, 
got to keep researching and researching always. Can we talk about the hotel sites? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the ones mm-hmm. that are our go-tos mm-hmm. are Welcome Beyond, which mm-hmm. is like pretty Eurocentric. Um, in it's, it's very offering. Eurocentric and you have to, it takes a lot of work because it's heavy with like private villas you can rent. So you've got to sort of like navigate past those and find the things that are actually like boutique hotels Small or hotels and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. There's also just like a lot of text and like mm-hmm. interviews with the hosts and it's a very involved, you know, it's a starting point kind yes. of situation mm-hmm. for sure. Tablet obviously is a good one. Mr. And Mrs. Smith we love mm-hmm. and like a hot tip on Mr. And Mrs. Smith is even if you aren't staying at, if you don't end up staying at one of these hotels, their write-ups do a really good job of things to see in the cities where those places are, or like in the neighborhood of like this, you know, cafe down the street from this hotel or this shop or this like activity or whatever. Well, I also just think in general, even if you don't stay at a hotel, there's, there's knowing about the cool hotels is useful because A, they can be really fun to visit. B, a really great hotel is probably going to have a great bar or restaurant scene or both totally. or cafe scene. And they're usually in cool neighborhoods. So it's yeah. like, I like just sort of knowing what the destination hotels are in any city and sort of navigating towards them. I mean, when we went to New Orleans recently, we didn't stay in Hotel Peter and Paul, but I was like, I want to see it. I've seen pictures of it. It's so beautiful. We ended up just like fully trespassing in so many of the rooms and seeing these like (laughs) stunning, stunning rooms and stunning spaces. And then they had this, you know, an ice cream shop and a restaurant and a bar and all this stuff. And I was like, it was a fun little way to spend an hour. Well, it also is that like little taste of the hotel experience if you end up staying at an Airbnb mm-hmm. or whatever to mm-hmm. just like have that. Yes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. We're like an Airbnb near a hotel. You can still mm-hmm. like bob over for breakfast or whatever. Yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I Escape is another good mm-hmm. one. I mean, there are like a lot of these hotel curation sites yes. at this point. And a lot of them are countries or region specific. But those I feel like are our go-tos. They are. And I have to also though say... I have the same problem with them that I have with Resi, where I sometimes pretend that if it's not listed on one of these sites, it doesn't exist. So it's like, well, everything cute is booked as if there aren't good hotels not on this site, as if there aren't good restaurants that aren't on Resi. As Um, as if it's not like about onboarding restaurants or onboarding hotels to these platforms, right? Like, of course, there's a whole business model involved here. Like, (laughs) and you cannot look past that. (laughs) Yeah. So I will say, like, I remember when we went to Barcelona, I I was so proud of myself. I was like, I found a cute hotel, not on one of these, not on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, what a novelty. novelty. Yeah. I will say the one thing with all of these things that I have to, or, you know, it's true to form for me. I will always reference pictures of the hotel also on the hotel site. And then also just on Google image search and TripAdvisor too, because they usually put one picture of a room and it's usually going to be the nicest room you can book. And then you'll see like one picture of each tier of room, but you're not seeing the full thing. So I'm very into doing the deep dive and like cross-referencing with the hotel website where they might sometimes have layout like floor plans too, which for me just as a parent became more important because it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. where are we putting a crib? What is like, how is this all working? Is there a space where he could sleep that has a door? Exactly. That sort of stuff just became more important to me. And I felt like I was often getting duped if I was only looking at the, the like Mr. and Mrs. Smith single picture that they offer you. I mean, I think sleuthing, sleuthing the hotel websites is so key in general because it's like also what can lead you to other options and maybe the things that aren't on the search engines. Of, mm-hmm. I love going to the press section of a hotel website and mm-hmm. figuring out who, like where they've been covered and if it was like, okay, maybe they were included in some travel and leisure write-up or whatever. And then you find that write-up and it also lists like two other hotels or places to yes. stay or maybe like a bunch of restaurants or like whatever the other things are. And then a lot of hotels, I feel like more and more list like awards and mm-hmm things that they've received on their site. And they're probably things you've never heard of. And most of the time it's like, who cares? But then you click through and you're like, oh, right. This is a like 
German Hotel Association Award. And right. thus I will be pointed to other Berlin hotels mm-hmm. through this, mm-hmm. like this, whatever. That is what led me to, in researching hotels in the Czech Republic, this like very specific site called amazingplaces.cz that I would definitely not have landed on <laughs> on my own, but that is like truly just like hundreds of places in the Czech Republic. And I was like, oh, cool. Great, 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 great. I don't use TripAdvisor as a tool to find the places, but I do find it to like then go down a rabbit hole of other places. And then if like somebody leaves a review and on a place that seems rare and you like it and they seem like a common TripAdvisor person, you click on them and they like see where else they've been staying and what else Mm, they like. But also just the user images on TripAdvisor are always way more telling. Yeah, because they're not professional photos. Yeah, exactly. They're like kind of shitty in a way that's truer. (laughs) Exactly. Similar to reverse engineering Instagram, like you obviously want to go to the tagged page of a hotel, but then there you find people who tagged it and then find their location tag. So basically like backtrack to find the location tag of a place or just search the location tag if you can find it. That I always feel like is way more telling than people who just tagged the handle of the photo themselves because that's always like very artsy and deliberate. But if you can find like stories or images that where the place is just location tagged, I do feel like that's when you get a sense of like, is this a party vibe? Is this like a Mm. family vibe? Is that actually what I want? And it's just, it, it always feels more telling to me. Right. Like, is every photo taken here at like a rooftop DJ mm-hmm. situation? Exactly. Um, and is this what I'm looking for in my trip? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about home rental? Yeah. I, again, am very lazy and assume that Airbnb is the only thing. I forget to use things like VRBO. Yeah. There are more niche ones. And I do think you're right that like it is very easy to assume if it's not on Airbnb, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially for like, things like in Colorado or whatever, like there are people who, you know, have been renting their homes like before Airbnb was a thing and they're like on VRBO or whatever. And that becomes like a better option. Yeah. But also for, I think, I mean, Airbnb has its whole new search engine thing that Mm -hmm. is like kind of, yeah, whatever. It's a bit overwhelming for me right now. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like Mm -hmm. if you are falling down the rabbit holes of designy Airbnbs and it like you know, you can quickly tell if it's like more professional situation where someone's like running this as a company. Mm -hmm. If you click into that person's bio, their host like page, then you can often see if they have other spots in the city and just like. And they usually have similar design taste. Exactly. I'm also always just, I mean, maybe this is false, but I should always a little comforted by somebody who's doing this with like multiple places because you feel like they sort of have their shit together a little bit more as a host. The other thing that I found really useful we were booking a family vacation to Florence and Florence is a very touristy city and like lots of parts of it are very touristy and loud. And being able to search the Airbnb reviews for specific words, which I didn't realize you could do Mm. until recently was so handy because I would search specifically for noise, noisy, quiet, and find out from people like, is this place just impossible to sleep because it's so noisy outside? I feel like there's probably other terms that would be useful for other people. Yeah, totally. That's a really good one. You know, the other thing I just like don't think about and should Mm -hmm. more when I'm when I'm booking on Airbnb or similar sites is that like you can reach out to the hosts and ask them questions. Yes. And that can be like about like, is this noisy? I have like a small child or like, you know, whatever. Or it can be, hey, I want to book something that's not on your calendar yet. Or do you have availability then? Because people like set these things to automate, right? To open up three months in advance Mm -hmm. or whatever, which doesn't mean that they like would be opposed to booking then sometimes. Totally. And it's, I think it's very easy to forget that you're a- interacting with individual people. Like who? <laughs> yes. Which <laughs> I do think this? like that kind of a thing can be helpful too if you want an earlier check-in time. You might be more likely to get it from an Airbnb host. They might be willing to guarantee it up front. Things like that that are harder sometimes to do with hotels. Totally, totally, totally. 
Thank you so much to Weston for sponsoring today's episode. I saw a funny cartoon on the internet today that was a couple sitting at a table reviewing something. And the guy was like, so here's what we have to do to stay within our budget, except when we go on vacation, at which point we just spend like there's no tomorrow. And I laugh because I feel like for a long time, that's also how I used to think about wellness. Like I'm very regimented on it when I'm not on vacation. Then when I'm on vacation, it's like all out the window, just completely goes out the window. Yeah. And of course, as I get older, it, I can't do that anymore. And not just because like I go crazy. Like I just need to maintain a certain level of sanity and feeling better by also doing all of my exercise and eating like a normal, you know, within reason person uh, while I am traveling. And I'm so excited about all the stuff that Weston has going on to sort of to help a person do that while they are traveling. Weston hotels make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep well, Weston hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance your well-being. At Weston, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options. You can even customize your workout on the go with Hyperice and Bala products to borrow during your stay. You can eat well with the Weston's Eat Well menu designed with foods that make you meet your nutritional needs. Weston chefs have crafted after dishes with your well-being in mind. Choose what's right for you based on desired portion size, nutrition balance, and ingredients. And Weston makes it easier for you to continue nourishing your health no matter the destination. Recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. And then like maybe even, you know, buy the comforter to take home with you. At Weston Hotels, there are amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. I don't know what it is, but I feel like about this summer, maybe it's just like, maybe it's just like communal entertainment consumption experience that I've been like really jazzed and hyped on. But I feel like I want to engage with like every podcast, every like whatever about past lives and about Barbie and about this book and about that. And if you are feeling that way at all, or if you want to feel like you're part of a book club without having to like figure out how to schedule and figure out who's picking what book and figure out, figure out, figure out. Bad on Paper is the answer for you. It is a chat show hosted by Becca Freeman and Olivia Mentor. And they do like these really incredible book club episodes. They've done Happy Place by Emily Henry lately, Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo, which I'm itching to read. There's just like a lot, a lot going on here. You gotta listen to it. Yeah, it's such a companion podcast to ours. And it really is like having a glass of wine with your best friends. Um, they also talk about things like rom-com tropes and you know, hyped products um that are actually worth it. All those, all those sorts of things. It's a real like if you like this, you'll like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so give bad on paper a shot. Okay, when falling down the rabbit hole of what are we going to do in this mm-hmm. place? Where are we going to eat? Obviously, mm-hmm. like very core for us. Where are we going to shop? What are we going to see? Guides. The first place I go these days is Goop. Same. Same. It's so weirdly good. Yeah. It's really good. And I just, I mean, the first place I go is always friends who've been a place, but then yeah, I go yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, and I compile all their recs and then I go to Goop and yeah, they're excellent and comprehensive and it comprehensive. feels up to date. Yeah. And they've done all the cities and it just doesn't feel like there's anybody putting in the work to be comprehensive about it in the way that they are. No, like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the design, you know, like some of the food websites have good or food Mm -hmm. sites have good guides or design sites have good guides. Mm -hmm. Like, why is that all better than the travel sites? I... Or like the travel magazines, like I'm, you know, or the mainstream, like the really mainstream travel magazines. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. Because I think that the, I think uh, that's probably a larger discussion about the media business model. (laughs) 
<laughs> unfortunately. But it's true, like Curbed randomly had some really good recs for a trip I was planning. Eater, of course, has great guides to- Eater yeah. has great guides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Eater's great in general. That's that's like my holy grail for restaurants for sure. Yeah. And then what, Sight Unseen? has some decent yeah. city, city stuff. Ramadalista has some yes. like good stuff. Like, I mean, yeah, these are like, these don't feel like the places that would be the go-tos for like, you know, internet, like travel research. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I end up so much happier with the recs that I'm getting there than what I'm finding on the typical travel sites. I also um, just like the the ones who will interview a normal person about their vacation because yes. I do feel like you get really good insights from that stuff. Like the New York Mag steal my vacation and then Fathom also mm-hmm. does a lot of just like, somebody writes about their specific vacation, which for for whatever reason, I always trust it more than just like a roundup of four great beachside hotels. You know, it's just, I like, I like the nuance. Of the it. nuance, the nuance yeah. and the things that feel like more like finds. I mean, when it does come to travel magazines and sites, Afar is great. Mm-hmm. Stranger's Guide is really good. And it takes a more like sort of journalistic approach. And the latest issue is on New Orleans, which I'm just like super mm-hmm. excited mm-hmm. to dive into. Cabana Magazine is like mm. a designy magazine with a ton of good travel content. It's European. Here is good. Yeah. And then when it comes to physical guides, because I also live with a person who really just likes mm-hmm. to have a book mm-hmm. to mark up and to mm-hmm. dog ear and to like read on a plane. The wallpaper travel guides are super good. They're they're like little moleskin size situations and they're just great. I used the app. This was so long ago, like 2014 when I went to Tokyo. But for whatever reason, when I went to Tokyo, when we went to Japan period, everybody was like, well, you have to buy the wallpaper guide. It was the first time in a while where I'd gone on vacation where people were like, you have to spend money in order to get the good On like a physical guide. Yeah. Or like like an app. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I was so surprised by it. But everybody who was in the know about that was like, you just want the wallpaper guide. Fine. It was great. It was a great guide. I also love A Thousand Places to See Before You Die by Patricia Schultz. And it's this like very classic book and it has like a the border on the front looks like a map. I mean, it's just like very specific, mm-hmm. but it's like places around the world. It always has like the iconic, like old school hotels and like sites to see. And if there's like a cool monastery in this town, you better believe it's going to be right. there. And it also just gives you ideas of those like road trips, the oh, things that fun. like might, might it, cause it's organized yeah. regionally. So it like, there might be something 45 mm-hmm. minutes away that you're not thinking of that this would surface, which I really like. The other thing that has proven useful when doing internet research is just the European websites mm-hmm. or the like, Asian websites or, you know, South American websites of Big Mac, like the Vogue, like Vogue UK right. or whatever, because they're just probably covering things more that are in close proximity. And so you're just getting like, or you, you know, want to travel like a local. Yeah, exactly. If you want Ireland mm-hmm. recs, like you're probably going to do, but get a better job from Vogue UK than you would totally. from an American magazine. So true. Yeah. How are you keeping track of all your wanting the places you want to go? I have a running list of things that I like bump into on the internet in places where I go with some frequency, like Palm Springs or New Orleans. Like if I see a New Orleans restaurant or whatever, I like dump it on this list because Mm -hmm. hopefully at some point I'll be able to use it is like the thinking. And then whenever I come across something that feels like particularly interesting, like a restaurant or a shop or whatever, I will add it to my want to go list on Google Maps. Like if Mm -hmm. it's in like any old place, if it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, there's this like cool shop in Austin or here's this Mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever. Because it's like, I I feel like over the last, I don't know, 10 years, I realized, oh, you never know where a friend's going to get married. No, it's so true. I need to be better about, I, I, I map things, but only when I know I'm going to a place I never remember to, I never think to do it when I 
it's it's not somewhere that I don't have plans to go. And is a that's a very good tip. It's a very, very good tip. It's just super useful because sometimes you end up your Airbnb ends up being two blocks from this thing that you like mm-hmm. stumbled upon years ago. Right. And like nothing feels better. Like yeah. you just are just like, wow, like look at me having done like and you didn't have to really do the work. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's an absolute joy. Yeah. The mapping things, which you do. I don't do it like you do. I I'm I'm committing to doing that now because it's really smart. All of my travel planning is just putting together a saved Google map. And the technology around this is evolving. And I tried on our most recent trip to not do it as like a saved map, but to do it sort of in Google Maps app specifically. It's uh-huh. not, I couldn't figure it out. So I'm still just doing these like specific saved maps, which are not an amazing user experience, but yeah, they're improving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will just, every single rec I get, I will save it and I will give it the right icon. So you can save it as like a bar, a, a restaurant, shopping, whatever. This is way more advanced than I do. Mine are all just like <laughs> pins. They're all just want to go, want to go, want to go. Well, that's, that's like different for this. It's like, you know, yeah. it's a restaurant, whatever it's shopping. Yeah. No, this and is good. Yeah. I make it all one color so that it stands out from I've people have shared saved Google maps with me that are color coded and that's way too overwhelming. No, everything gets at the appropriate icon, but they're all the same color. And then if somebody has given me a record, if I'm pulling it from Goop, I will just copy paste the notes into the notes field. And a lot of times I'll like, if it's a personal rec, you know, if Dan Fromer gave it to me, I'm putting like a Dan rec or whatever, because uh-huh, uh-huh, it, uh-huh. it's helpful to have the context. And then it's like, when I'm looking at a particular neighborhood where we might have a dinner reservation or something, I can be like, I want to walk there this way. Cause we'll pass all these shops. One th- thousand percent. That is the thing. It makes these like moments on a trip feel like happenstance when Mm -hmm. really you knew all along that you were going to pass these things, but it just like means that you can chart your day or whatever and be like, oh, we're going to walk through this neighborhood on this road. And then we'll land on these four things I know about and probably like eight others that I don't. Right. I mean, honestly, I feel like in a big city, the way that I plan our days now is I make dinner reservations or lunch reservations or whatever, where I want to go. And then that sort of dictates like how, you know, the neighborhoods we're mapping through yes. that day or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. And it's also nice because now when people ask me for recommendations, usually I just share the Google maps with them. And it's also kind of a nice way to sort of wash my hands of liability. Cause I'll just be like, these are all the places <laughs> I had saved. I'm not telling you where to go. These are all the places of note that people have recommended to me that like I saved for my own trip. And maybe I'll like call out specific places. Like I absolutely think you have to go here, but it's just sort of like, I really like the liability <laughs> thing. I really, well, you know, it's a, like, it's a, it's a big responsibility helping people plan their vacation. So this is me just being like, these are the places that you should know about. I'm not saying you got to go. But I will tell you if there's somewhere you have to go. But here's totally, all, yeah. totally, totally. Right. I feel like I have. OK, so I do the map situation, mm-hmm. but then I make a note on my phone of like the, th- the same things you just mentioned, mm-hmm. of like where I got this recommendation mm-hmm. and like maybe like the pasta dish to order. Right. Or what else might be nearby or like whatever in a note. And then at the end of the trip, I will go through and like recap it in that. Yeah, document. that I don't like, do. It's like on the plane or at the airport or whatever. I'm like, okay, what meal did I actually like? Like what? Mm-hmm. Because Claire, I don't remember anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. we're getting like to that age or I am at least mm-hmm. getting to that age where if I don't sit down and write out like these were the meals that I really cared about or this was that store that I thought was so cute or whatever, mm-hmm. or like we loved this museum and like didn't really like that museum. Right. It's like Carmen Sandiego trying to figure totally. it out on the map and like yeah. being like, 
well, it was like near the water, the one we didn't like that I don't want to tell people about. Like right. that, like I don't want to have to do that. So then I feel like I've got my greatest hits. And then See, for, the idea, yeah. I can't, I get so stressed out by toggling between two apps on the phone. Yeah. I'm like, it's yeah. got to all be in the Google map for me. Yeah. No, I get it. But the, get but it. the note, the note taking, I don't do. So that's a separate, yeah, that's a separate step. And then I feel like I have like a greatest hits for myself or for anybody who asks. And also if it's for certain places or people, like I feel like people get so overwhelmed with recommendations that mm-hmm. I feel like more recently I tend to, when people ask, I'm like, these are the two things. Mm-hmm. These are like that's, the two that's things. kind of you. Well, yeah. Just well, because, better. Like, well, I take the opposite approach. I'm like, here they all are. Decide for yourself, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I think that's also like extremely yeah. helpful and useful. Yeah. But I feel like for certain places or uh, trips or whatever, where people, you know, might be getting wrecks from all over the place. It's like, mm-hmm. if I were to tell you to do two things, it would be these two. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's I good. don't know. I'll give people specific wrecks around shopping. I did do recently for somebody like made an entire shopping list for somebody because I feel pretty good about, you know, knowing when a, a shop is good, but I don't want to ruin their day with a meal that I loved and they don't like or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, the I other mean, totally. The other thing I do do when I don't have a trip planned, I, I have saved Instagram folders for different places. Mm. So I have like a Mexico, I have a France, I have just travel in general of like hotels or something that I want to go to. And then when it's time to sit down and do the actual planning, I'll scroll through my saved folders and see, is there something in there, which I also sometimes get lazy and screenshot, but then that just goes into the abyss and I'll never find it again. The abyss. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that screen, the screenshots folder is an abyss and Instagram is an abyss in yeah. general. And so all you can do is like create a save folder. Like yes, exactly. That's like the best. Yeah. That's like yeah. far and away the best thing going. The other thing that, you know, I find my, I spend way too much time doing when planning and like trying to like surface the the best thing and make sure mm-hmm. we're not missing out on like something cool that, or maybe something that like opened recently and it's not going to make it onto one of these lists right. of guides is just like good Googling. And so Googling the names of two cute things together, like. What do you mean by that? I mean, Googling the name of your hotel mm-hmm. and Googling the name of like a cute bar that you read about. And seeing if doing that surfaces like other lists, like you might be led to some blogger who lives in like Southern Spain, okay, who I see. like lives there and then has like a whole bunch of Okay, I see, I see. Okay, got it. Yeah. Or, or then, and the other thing that I feel like I do as I start thinking about, okay, what are we going to do mm-hmm. is searching for the name of the city or whatever plus concert or flea market mm-hmm. or like art exhibition or, yeah. you know, festival, mm-hmm. those things that yes, you might learn about them when you get there, but if you mm-hmm. need to buy anything in advance or like get tickets, yeah. you'll be so bummed if you miss out on this thing because right. you just didn't know about it two weeks before. Kind of like when I we found out it was Mardi Gras because our cab driver told us <laughs> on the drive from the airport to our hotel. And we were like, what? Sort what? of. Sort of like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's similar to that. <laughs> it's wonderful. Can't wait to see the parades. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I feel like that about covers it, huh? This is the stuff. This yeah. is the stuff. I feel like I'm not as comprehensive as I used to be, but my tricks have gotten more effective, I would say. It's working smarter, not harder, Claire. That's right. I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Related to this, we have a, a voicemail about perfectionism to play from a listener. So we'll do that. And that's the show. Hi, Claire and Erica. My name is Brooke. I just listened to your podcast episode about perfectionism while walking my dog and was like, basically beaming from ear to ear the whole time. Thank you so much for putting that out. It was the episode that I just 
absolutely needed to hear right now and something I've been also doing a lot of thinking about. You guys had a lot of commentary that really cracked me up. But one thing that I just wanted to add or I thought about adding because, you know, sharing is caring was about how maybe not related to like drawing or sports or anything like that, but when it comes to other areas of my life that feel hard right now, whether it's work or my toddler, is just try to realize that most of life happens in that middle, in that like sucky phase that like rarely is anything ever the the pinnacle, the peak or the valley. So like most of our living happens in that in between. And the more mindful I can be of that, I find the easier it is to let go of the perfection because I too uh, identify with the whole paralysis feeling of perfection and something I've been really working on. Anyway, thank you again for a wonderful podcast episode and look forward to what you guys put out next. Have a good one. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ, and if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for our secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.